this fall. L.L. Bean wants to help you feel great out there with gear tips and advice for heading outdoors and exploring all the possibilities of the season. On a chilly hike, it's the littlest comforts that make a big difference. One small addition to your hiking pack is a hand towel that you can use to make a clean seat anywhere. It's a fraction of the weight and size of a camp chair, and it turns the dirtiest rock, log, or stretch of ground into a perfect seat for a quick rest. For more tips, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. Nestled within the rugged landscapes of Montana and Wyoming, Bighorn Canyon is a testament to nature's artistry and the relentless force of time. Carved by millennia of water erosion from the Bighorn River, this expansive chasm presents a breathtaking tableau of dramatic cliffs, verdant valleys, and winding waterways. Each bend of the river and twist of the canyon tells a story, one of ancient geological processes and the indomitable spirit of life that has thrived in its niches. I'm Jason Epperson, and today on America's National Parks, we dive deep into the majestic Bighorn Canyon National Recreation Area and the daredevils of yesteryears who explored its enigmatic depths. Spanning approximately 55 miles in length, Bighorn Canyon is not just an awe-inspiring geological formation. It's a living mosaic of diverse ecosystems. The canyon walls, rising majestically in places to more than a thousand feet, exhibit a spectrum of colors, ranging from the soft pastels of sunlit limestone to the deep russet and amber hues of shaded sandstone. These walls, adorned with etchings of time, have witnessed the passage of numerous creatures, from the footprints of Native American tribes to the present-day meanderings of wild mustangs, deer, and bighorn sheep, of course. The waters of the Bighorn River, once the primary sculptor of the canyon, now serve as a lifeblood for a myriad of species. With each ripple and wave, the river continues to shape the canyon albeit at a pace imperceptible to the human eye, but very much alive in geological time. Along its shores, cottonwood trees stand tall, their leaves whispering tales of seasons past and of the abundant wildlife that seeks refuge in their shade. Beyond its natural allure, Bighorn Canyon is steeped in rich history and cultural significance. From ancient petroglyphs etched onto its walls by indigenous peoples to tales of intrepid explorers mapping its fastness, the canyon has always been a beacon for those drawn to the mysteries of the wild. During their return to St. Louis in 1806, the Lewis and Clark expedition encountered adventurers already traveling back north along the Missouri River lured by the prospect of beaver fur. As word spread out about the abundant beaver populations in the upper Missouri and northern Rockies, 
A new chapter of exploration and commerce spanning three decades began in these regions. The Green River Basin in western Wyoming, abundant in beaver resources, became the epicenter of this fur trade. Several factors made this region desirable. One, beavers in the northern Rockies had denser fur compared to those further south. Two, beaver pelts used in fashionable hat making were in high demand. And three, the sheer volume of beavers in the region was unparalleled. Some of these adventurers began to journey to the Bighorn Canyon region via the Bad Pass Trail. In 1807, Manuel Lisa, a businessman from St. Louis, spearheaded one such fur collection expedition. His team established Fort Raymond, the earliest permanent edifice in present-day Montana at the confluence of the Bighorn and Yellowstone Rivers. It wasn't until 16 years later that trappers once again ventured into the Bighorn Canyon. These mountain men in the employ of the Rocky Mountain Fur Company, led by William Ashley and Andrew Henry, initiated a bustling decade between 1823 and 1833, with the Bad Pass Trail seeing significant foot traffic. Esteemed explorers like Jedediah Smith, Jim Bridger, Robert Campbell, and Jim Beckworth were among those who traipsed this rugged western edge of Bighorn Canyon, from the mouth of the Shoshone River to the mouth of Grapevine Creek. One may guess from its name that Bad Pass Trail was not an easy trail, but it was better than the alternatives, crossing the mountains or drowning in the untamed waters of the Bighorn River. By 1833, competitors funded by magnate John Jacob Astor, including Captain Benjamin Bonneville and Nathan Wythe, converged on the trail, marking the final era of fur traders in the region. Challenges posed by the trail from its demanding topography to potential conflicts with the indigenous tribes led many to abandon it. The decline of the beaver fur trade in the 1830s, coupled with the depletion of prime trapping grounds and a shift in fashion towards silk hats, further hastened the end of the era. Yet the mountain men's voyages around the Bighorn Canyon left an indelible mark. Their brief yet impactful foray, a mix of exploration, trade, and interactions with native populations, paved the way for further exploration. Ah, you hear that? It's the sound of a crackling fire. But this just isn't any old campfire. This is a smokeless solo stove fire pit. How can you tell? Well, you don't hear any coughing, hand wafting, or people complaining about smoke in their eyes. All you can hear are logs turning to coals as the night sky becomes a cosmic canvas. With Bonfire by Solo Stove, you get a fire pit that's portable, burns smoke off before it ever leaves the pit, and is backed by a lifetime warranty. Use promo code PARKS20, that's P-A-R-K-S-2-0, to get $20 off your next purchase of $200 or more at solostove.com. That's PARKS20 for $20 off at solostove.com.
In the shadow of the looming American Civil War, 1859 witnessed the War Department dispatching two officers to spearhead a survey expedition into the Bighorn and Yellowstone country. Captain William F. Reynolds, like Reynolds with an A, and Lieutenant H.E. Menardier were entrusted with the task. Their assignment? To traverse from Fort Laramie's vicinity northwestward along the Bighorn's base, meandering towards Fort Benton and eventually reaching the Bitterroot Valley. Their journey mapped out a course along the Yellowstone River, steering them to the Bighorn's confluence. From there, they were to scale up the canyon's mouth. Depending on time and conditions, the Reynolds expedition would either hunker down for the 1859 winter or push further up the Bighorn towards Wind River. Their subsequent year would be consumed with explorations in the Missouri and Yellowstone River regions. The expedition was furnished with a $60,000 budget, an eight-member technical team, and a 30-man infantry unit for protection. A seasoned mountain man, Jim Bridger, with unparalleled familiarity of the region, was enlisted as the group's guide, drawing a monthly wage of $125. The latter half of May 1859 saw them departing St. Louis, their steamboats brimming with supplies, goods for fur trading, and annuities earmarked for the Sioux. Come June 28th at Fort Pierre, presently central South Dakota, the overland journey began. Skirting the Black Hills, they steered northwards, advancing into the Powder River region. However, navigating the area with bulky wagons proved daunting. Bridger, Leveraging his experience, persuaded Reynolds to redirect towards the Yellowstone. Yet before they veered off, they explored a substantial stretch of the Tongue River. By mid-August, they touched down at the Yellowstone and had their inaugural encounter with the Crow tribe. Reynolds, in his records, painted a vivid image of the Crow, men of average height with striking attire. Their distinguishing headgear, crafted from buffalo hide, sported an expansive visor, complemented by a spiked band, exuding an air of royalty. Their overall demeanor, paired with their arsenal of guns, bows, and arrows, hinted at their formidable reputation as warriors. By August 29th, the expedition reached Fort Sarpy, a stone's throw from the Bighorn Confluence but Reynolds found the fort in disarray. Its post agent seemed more engrossed in the local trade than aiding the expedition. Moreover, tensions simmered high between the Crow and the Blackfoot tribes. Deeming it best, after a mere two-day sojourn, the party continued their trek up the Yellowstone, setting their compass towards the Bighorn. September 2 marked a strenuous segment of the journey as the expedition's wagons labored through sandy terrain, finally arriving at the Bighorn. Meanwhile, a tactical decision split the group. Lieutenant Menardier was tasked to revisit the Tongue River region. The strategy envisioned a reunion of both detachments at Powder River's Middle Fork within Wyoming's heartland. Guided by Bridger, the trimmed-down Reynolds expedition maneuvered through the Bighorn River's valley. As if their journey wasn't challenging enough, they were soon met with relentless cold rain 
that persisted throughout the night and into the morning. The resultant muck rendered their wagons ineffective. Reynolds, deciding to halt their progress, heeded Bridger's advice to use the flatter terrain on the Bighorn's west side when they resumed. By September 5th, a quick river ford enabled the group to traverse in a mere quarter hour. The looming Bighorn Mountains emerged in the distance, though, resembling soft blue clouds. Come midday, they reached the juncture of the Bighorn and the Little Bighorn, near today's hardened Montana. Their progress was swift, covering 17 miles in a single day. Upon reaching the canyon's mouth, September 9th, Reynolds was left awestruck, dubbing it among the continent's most spectacular sights. He described the river coursing through reddish walls that soared over 300 feet. However, their progress was impeded by an insurmountable rock barrier. The expedition paused here to sketch the scenery and make geological notes. By the following day, they pivoted southward and eastward, skirting the Bighorns before establishing their winter camp near today's Casper, Wyoming, on the Oregon Trail. In 1860, the Reynolds expedition ventured once again. Their exploration of the Yellowstone area left an enduring mark. The Reynolds Pass, situated near the current park's boundaries and named in honor of the expedition leader, stands as a testament to this historic journey. The expedition is most renowned for its scientific portrayal of Yellowstone. However, it also granted Bighorn Canyon its deserved prominence. No longer shrouded in myths or tales from mountain men, the canyon emerged as a landmark awaiting future explorations. The Reynolds journey played an instrumental role in introducing Bighorn Canyon to the broader public's awareness. Today, the Bighorn Canyon National Recreation Area is a haven for adventurers and nature enthusiasts alike. It boasts a rich tapestry of recreational activities, from boating in the expansive Bighorn Lake carved by the Yellowtail Dam, to hiking trails that offer panoramic views of the canyon's rugged beauty. There's something for everyone. As you meander through the area, take a moment to reflect on the layers of history beneath your feet. From ancient peoples and mountain men to ambitious expeditions and the unyielding spirit of discovery. Bighorn Canyon is not just a natural wonder, it's a living chronicle of human perseverance and ambition. Whether you're a history buff, an adventurer, or simply someone seeking tranquility, the canyon awaits. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating and a review. If you're new here, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes delivered to your feed. If you're looking for photos and tips about visiting national parks, check out our America's National Parks Facebook group. And if you're interested in RV travel, we hope you'll also check out our RV Miles podcast and YouTube channel. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeAnOutsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks. And by Solo Stove. Use promo code PARKS20 to get $20 off 
your next purchase of $200 or more at solostove.com.